Welcome to Amplified. We're the show that will help you take your message, whatever it may be, and get it out through social media, networking, and other marketing channels. Maybe even some that you've never thought of. Whether you're an organization, small or large business, or you just have the next positive message that's sure to go viral, you'll want to stay tuned this hour. Now, here's your host, Ken Rashawn. Welcome to Amplify. This show is going to be an absolute trip. I'm so excited about this. We have a whole hour. We're going to have a dialogue with Trip Crosby. And uh, Joyce, you there? Joyce, I am here. I'm here, Ken. Awesome. Well, uh, we're going to be directing questions. They're going to be coming in like mad left and right. And we're going to get those questions uh, turned over to me so I can ask them to Trip. And if you have any questions at all for Trip Crosby, he has the answers to the most bizarre problems in the world. You can go ahead and type them on the Facebook page on uh, Amplified Radio, and we will get those questions asked. So if you have ever pondered uh, how to properly conduct yourself in a public restroom, or you're in the midst of a profoundly awkward silence, or you have perfected how to get out of helping your friend move, this is the guy who will help you with almost any situation. So Tripp, uh, I have been so excited about this book and I wouldn't have uh, actually known about the book if I hadn't been to LeaderCast and you did a, another phenomenal job of being the MC. How long have you been with Thank LeaderCast? You. Oh, like seven or eight years now. I've almost lost count at this point. Took one year off a couple of years ago, but I've been hosting for, I, I want to say seven years. That, that feels right. Well, I'll tell you, that was a really bad year of the year that you weren't there. Stocks went down. <laughs> leader cast. I mean, it I just heard. was not pretty. Yeah, and it, they, they came back to you probably groveling to get you back on the <laughs> stage. <laughs> no, you're nice. You're very nice. <laughs> well, you really do I command love. the stage with humility and humor, and you get everyone just really at a great energy state, so I applaud you for that. Well, thank you. That's the goal. So who just... Who discovered you? How did you uh, get into that uh, the leader cast situation opportunity? Uh, that's a great question. Um, someone discovered me through my YouTube channel seven or eight years ago, and uh, invited me in to LeaderCast as a co-host. Uh, I think the first year I hosted Ernie Johnson from NBA TNT was the main host, and I sort of came in as the comedic color commentary guy, and would come out on stage and goof around, and then. For some reason, after a couple of years of that, they just decided to have me as the, the only host, and uh, that's what I've been doing ever since. Um, and I, so you worked very closely with those guys um, and, a, and a bunch of their events. They're, it's a great team of people over at Giant Impact. Well, thank you for the compliment on uh, it being a great question. You're going to get used to a lot of these questions being <laughs> really super great. <laughs> I'll tell you if the question's bad. How about that? Okay, well, I appreciate that, and uh, <laughs> actually, don't. You don't have to do that. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, um, answer every question as if it's a great question. That really builds my ego okay. a lot in the show. Okay, that's and, and it keeps, Yeah, it keeps me interested in bringing more funny guests like you are in the show, right? <laughs> so I great. think you're going to be promoted uh, from LeaderCast to possibly being not just the MC, but the only speaker. I mean, everyone loves when you're on stage every single time, so... I, I put my boat in for that. You guys, you really had. Well, I've got a long way to go before I'm uh, a keynote speaker. I, I do it every now and then, but um, turns out that uh, people like me to bring levity between all of the serious stuff more than they like me to deliver the serious stuff. Even though that's what I would do probably if I had to pick between the two. 
Well, you're a very talented person. You're a writer, a director, actor, and uh, you're a father, too. How, how many children do you have? I have a 18-month-old boy, and I have a girl on the way. She's due the first week of December. That's awesome. And uh, I noticed you really, uh, you brought your child out, uh, your boy out on the stage for the last leader cast. How did that make you feel? Yeah. It was weird. I, I, I thought it was a great idea. They just said, I think the day before we were in a pre-pro meeting and one of the team members said, you should just walk out with your son. And I'm like, and then do what? They're like, I don't know. Just walk out with your son. It'll be good. People will like seeing that side of you. So I did. And uh, I don't think he knew what was going on. But then again, I didn't really either at that point in the day. So we were just kind of out there drooling and staring at everyone together. Well, I thought it was uh, it was picture perfect. And, you know, I want to bring your son on uh, the radio show in probably 18 years and just ask him what it meant to him to be on the stage with you at that point. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> I'm sure he'll have plenty of baggage to deal with at that point in his life. He'll have a lot to talk about. Um, I was curious, since you've seen some of the most brilliant speakers in the world, mm -hmm. uh, any of them stand out as just like something that changed your life or that you've created a relationship with that's just been very special? Uh, that's a, another good question, kid. <laughs> um, and it's, uh, gosh, it would be hard off the top of my head to say which speakers had the most impact. Um, a couple of years ago, I interviewed a kid uh, and, and oh, shoot, I can't remember his name, but he was, he was, he got really famous on YouTube because a, Another guy named Nirvan did a documentary about him. I don't know if you saw this, but his dad had a, a car repair shop somewhere on the outskirts of Los Angeles. And he was bored one day, so he built an arcade out of cardboard boxes. Yes, Kane, I remember that, that video. Kane's Arcade. Yes. Yeah, and um, I was so inspired by that kid's story. It ended up being a phenomenon. I mean, millions of people from around the country showed up one day. And uh, including some celebrities like Jack Black, and it made the news. And, and Nirvan made this documentary and was trying to inspire kids to think creatively. Um, and and it was really I, I I'll never forget that. Yeah, that's a beautiful example of a culmination of how powerful social media is, how powerful yeah, it really uh, the is. In the innovation of a child and then how powerful storytelling is because of yeah, the, the yeah. direction of the video and, and YouTube, of course. So yeah, that's, that's a, a great example. Um, I, I, I guess I'm really curious, you know, what John Maxwell is like since he's the leader of leaders has created so many books. He's definitely a card. John Maxwell is a funny dude. That, that guy, I feel like he's, he's almost like a cartoon character to me. I yes. mean, he, you know, if you've seen him speak, he's, he's got so much personality and he's not like anyone else that I've ever met. And he's just like that in real life. He's, he's jolly and positive and full of energy. And I, I don't know, I, I, I would say he's, he's a lot like you probably think. Um, and he really well, likes to goof around. Well, no pressure on you, Trip. but um, if these questions are exceptionally great and you count them up and you're like, gosh, these are probably some of the greatest questions, I'd like you to bring that to John Maxwell's attention because we'd love to have sure. him on the show, of course. Yeah, How about that? Sure. He's, uh, I'll do my best. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't ask for any more than right that. There. He's probably 
You'll have to, he's probably in China right now speaking to 10 million people. Well, we will find a, a little slice of an hour in his schedule or even a minute just to All have right. him on and share some wisdom. Yeah. So I, I love the uh, quote by Jeff Foxworthy, probably one of the, t- uh, the top 10 books ever written. I can't wait to read it. That's, uh, <laughs> yeah, <for the> best. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, nothing like putting humor on top of the uh, compliments. You know, yeah, uh, well, that. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say I, I was excited to hand you my book, the No Nonsense book, because I was I want you to I'm trying to get the most one story views, the most negative, uh, worst book uh, in the world, so I can kind of compete in notoriety at yours being the best book that he has waiting to read. Right, right. right. I, I love that tactic of trying to get the most one stars. That's hilarious. <laughs> so where did you meet Trip? I mean, not not Trip Tyler. Uh, well, Tyler and I went to high school together, and I'm sure we met at some point. We weren't really good friends because I was two years older than him, which was a big deal in high school to be two years apart. And then uh, when we were in college, we both spent our summers working at a, a summer camp as camp counselors, not at the same time. In fact, I was, he was still in high school one year, so I was his camp counselor. And then uh, when he worked there, um, he did something that I did. We were both in charge of doing skips for the kids. So um, we knew of each other. We, we both had quite a reputation at this little tiny camp of being the funny skit guys. And then um, the story goes, when we both graduated college and moved back to our hometown, we ended up being in the same social group. And I had just started a production company, so I had all of these resources to make videos. And me and my friends, especially Tyler, would spend our weekends and evenings using that equipment to make funny videos just for fun. And uh, once YouTube was invented, we started putting them online, and then we've been together every week working on something ever since. Well, the last thing I want right now is for hundreds of thousands of listeners to go to YouTube channel to check them out and have their attention kind of split from the focus of this conversation. But um, (laughs) what we're going to do is we'll just uh, ask people to take down the information of where your YouTube videos are and to please be patient, wait until 45 minutes have elapsed, and then, of course, enjoy them for the rest of the evening. So uh, where, where can people find these videos? Um, well, our YouTube channel is just called Trip and Tyler, two P's and Trip, and uh, we have all kinds of content there. I have a second YouTube channel that's just my name, Trip Crosby. It's more of a vlog format, and I'm I'm taking people with me there in an unscripted format through the production of my first feature film, and everything on Trip and Tyler is our sketch comedy. Mostly, uh, right, in the last couple of years, we've mostly done uh, office humor. So um, I have a feeling it's right up your, your audience's alley. Yeah, I look forward to sharing them on Facebook uh, as well. And, you know, I'm a fan of uh, Key and Peele's videos. Do you watch them at all? Oh, yeah. Me too. Yeah, they, they got some good Me stuff. Too. The Substitute is still probably one of my favorites. I, that's a hard one to beat. <laughs> Which one? Oh, substitute teacher. That's so funny. I know. Yeah, Those that one's guys, ridiculous. They're they're geniuses. They're absolute geniuses. I'd love to meet them. So, someday. with your new feature, well, you know, with you helping with John Maxwell, I'm definitely going to help you get with Key and Peele as soon as possible. All right. All right. All yeah, right. we're just we're becoming what a deal. Uh, 
Yeah, we're becoming media comedy brothers. We'll just line that up next week. So you're doing a documentary. Uh, what is the documentary about? Um, well, I'm doing a feature, not a documentary. I'm doing a feature narrative comedy film. Okay. Um, and and the premise? It's well, I can't tell you what it is yet. Um, I can tell you the genre, which is it's going to be a a dramedy, really. And uh, it's just something I've wanted to do since I was a little kid. And I realized when I had my son, for some reason, that caused me to realize that, you know, at some point I actually got to follow through with my dreams and try some things that don't just, that aren't just the easy things to do with my career. And making YouTube videos and uh, it's just kind of the easy thing at this point. So I started the adventure. I'm, I'm almost a year in and still writing, but... Um, made some amazing relationships along the way. I'm working very closely with some of the uh, folks in an organization called Choose ATL. It's a division of the Atlanta Chamber of Commerce. And we're trying to work together to tell the story of what it looks like for someone like me to make a film in this city, which happens a lot. I don't know if you know, Atlanta has become quite yeah. the hub for feature films and television shows. Yeah, the up-and-coming Hollywood and also the biggest uh, airport in the world. Oh, yeah, definitely the biggest airport. Yeah, and, and the most people, I mean, it, I don't know why this record would be different, but it, also the the record for the most people that go through an airport. You would think they'd go, right. that would be a natural, but they, they make that point that there's sure. two records that Atlanta has. Yeah, what a waste so, it would be to have the biggest airport, but not the most people. I don't even especially know what that would be. Well, Especially, but what if it was the record for the lowest amount of people with the biggest airport? That'd really be sad. Yeah, well, then it'd basically be like most shopping malls these days, just a big <laughs> space, few people walking around. Yeah, but I, you know, Amazon has their eye on it. I think Amazon might pick up some of these malls and uh, do it Is a different that true? way. Well, oh, Am you know, just like Apple, Apple was Apple never had a store, and then they, you know, what. Twenty years into the business, or thirty years in the business, they decide to open up yeah. an Apple store. It, it, it becomes the most popular store in the in the mall. Oh right, right. Yeah, I mean, well, they just—I guess—they picked up Whole Foods, so that's a big deal. And I heard they're yeah. to, one of the first things they're going to do is lower the prices at Whole Foods, which, I mean, that's the only thing keeping everyone from shopping there. It's it's an amazing experience. It's just the food's twice as expensive. Yeah, and they bought the Washington Post, so that's—I mean—they're getting in the media game too. Man. So if I re if I recall um, from my research, and I've done some pretty in depth research on Green Tricycle Studios, you've done uh -huh. about five hundred and sixty seven videos. Is that is that about accurate? <laughs> we've done a lot. <laughs> I don't you know have. what we're up to, but that's probably that's probably a low guess at this point. Oh, it's low. Okay, because I was going to say if that was accurate, you can call me anytime, and I'll tell you what your counter says on your website. Oh, we get—we still got that silly counter up there. I haven't even been to our website in probably two years. But well, that's um, what—that's yeah, what I'm did, seeing the did. value. Go ahead. No, I think I—I do remember seeing that. I think that our count—that was two years ago. Our count was five sixty. Well, if you I don't could even get know that why counter we working, be an again. interesting thing to put on our website. Like, who cares? I mean, that doesn't mean anything. Well, it's not interesting for the website, but it's very interesting for dialogue on a radio show. That's why I yeah, I sure. Let's talk about. It. I'll tell you the premise of all all five hundred and sixty, if you want. Well, I would love that. Can we start next week? Uh, no, I, I I was kidding. I don't want to do that. 
Okay. Well, um, you know, with this data being old, I'm almost afraid to say the next statistic, which is you've had 135 million views amassed. That's that's pretty high. Yeah, that was that was an accurate count at the time. I'm sure it's gone up as well. We've had um, that. We we mostly work in the viral campaign space with brands, so um, that's that's our main selling point is creating content that has shareability to it. Now, was the idea for turning off the counter a couple of years ago just so that when radio people ask questions, you can say that's actually really out of date and old? You know, I wish I was that clever. It's more of a, you know, we should probably update our website at some point in the near future, which I think we will be actually at the end of Q4 of this year. We'll be giving everything a facelift, but that counter is just something you enter a number and then it does a nice little animation and makes you feel like it's counting live, which it's not. Well, if you'd be kind enough to send, I guess, a, a your favorite production you've done with your partner okay. uh, on okay. you know, my, my Facebook page or wherever just so that we can bump that out and get people uh, – because, you know, what if you had one that was like a score of like only a 9 instead of a 10 and people are like, yeah, that's right. really great. But we'd like to we'd like to show your your best work. Yeah, I'm sure I'll you have a couple of your favorites. Sure. Yeah, any any, any at all uh, that you think would be great, we'd like to push them out for you. So, uh, this is your first book you wrote. This uh, stuff you should know about stuff. Yeah, I wrote that with Tyler. Um, truth be told, it's it's really his baby. Um, I I was a co-author, but. It was based on a blog that Tyler used to have, and it was we basically worked together to compile a bunch of his entries. We added a few uh, chapters. I wrote a couple of original things. He added a few original things, and uh, we put it out there. And uh, we're, we're very proud of that book. Yeah, it's a great book. Uh, I, you know, when I bought the book, I opened right up to page uh, wrong name and I'll just read that it's it, it got me hooked on the book so it says right. if you're hanging out with a new friend acquaintance and he calls you the wrong name and you don't correct him you are now that new name period you had your chance and you blew it <laughs> and I, yeah. I've I've enjoyed that one <laughs> yeah um, it's true though I like- have a friend his name is Tim he works at the field museum in Chicago and uh, we keep up over text and uh, with a bunch of friends on a text thread, and he let us know about six months ago that there's a guy he passes in the hallway every day, and and refers to him with the wrong name. I think he calls him Kevin. His real name's Tim, and he he never had the heart to correct him, and he, it's just stuck. So now that guy permanently thinks his name is Kevin. And <laughs> so I, I say that to say it's it's not like we made that rule up. It's just it's just what happens. Yeah, I know. I get that from the book and. Has anyone ever called you by the incorrect name and you allowed it or do well, you, you always correct? Me, uh, well, you didn't call me. Uh, yeah. uh, someone, you almost did. A lot of people call me Tyler. Happens a yes. lot. And that was a, yeah, that was a very quick faux pas correction. Yep. And then I remember in ninth grade, actually I was in eighth grade, and we had a program that allowed us to go shadow a ninth grader at the high school for a day. And it was the most mm-hmm. intimidating thing you can imagine because – you know, we were middle schoolers and suddenly we were walking around following some person around the big high schoolers. And I got matched up with a guy who I didn't even know going into it was like, he was the football quarterback. He was, he was the big man on campus. And so I was 
completely intimidated the entire day. And then the first class we said, and the teacher asked him to introduce me, and he introduced me as, well, he, he, he couldn't remember my name, so he looked across the room, and I started mouthing trip, but I, I wasn't saying I was mouthing it, and he introduced me as treble. I guess that's what he thought I was saying. I'll never forget so, that. That's very cool. Uh, do you have any favorite parts in the book you'd like to share? And again, uh, if you want to get this book, it's called Stuff You Should Know About Stuff, and I'm sure it's on Amazon and all kinds of other lovely places, and how to, and how to properly behave in certain situations. So give a couple of your yeah. favorites in the book. My one favorite is a poem that I wrote about shampoo. It's kind of an odd chapter. It doesn't completely fit, but um, I wrote that in my early 20s, and so to this day, it's, it's my favorite poem. And it's about shampoo. Um, and then, I don't know, it'd be hard to pick. I mean, uh, I, I don't know if I could pick a favorite part. I would just say the book is, uh, it, it's one of those books you don't have to read in order. It's a, it's a mm-hmm. humor book. We designed it to fit perfectly on the back of most toilets. And it's something you can just pick up here and there, read. It's got some great advice. It'll make you laugh, but it's all pretty helpful to some extent. I really believe so. It's like it is. I mean, etiquette for life. Right. Well, you have, I, I like your section that says uh, situations we want to include in the book but couldn't figure out how to categorize. And you have men, please right. stop ca- calling each other brosif. That's, that's yes. obviously helpful for those that are doing so. And, right. uh, and then, of course, subtly putting shirtless photos of yourself on the Facebook. And that's a big, big no-no. Right. And I, and then, of course, uh, you, have it, you have it for everybody. I mean, mom and dad, computer tips for mom and dad. You don't have to double-click web links. Because that's a lot of extra clicks they're doing if you, can, if you add them all up. Yeah, it's, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and are you uh, going to be writing another book? Will we see a continuation of this dry humor? Um, you probably will. I'm, I've been working on another book for a couple of years, and it's probably going to take me a couple more because it's sort of a, more of a memoir. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm, as a 38-year-old, I should totally be writing a memoir. But I, I just, I've, I, it's really about the, a certain season of my life, really the last 10 to 15 years and, and kind of some transitions I've been through. And I'm writing it, there's humor in the book for sure, but it's also, uh, it's going to be a lot more heartfelt, less shallow, I would say, than this book. Well, I wanted to uh, just give our audience a little more information about you, that you have uh, your YouTube sketch comedy duos, uh, short mm-hmm. have amassed over 60 million views, and if headlines are in some of the world's largest publications, Today Show, Late Show, CNN Headline, News, Huffington Post, Mashable, so... What what kind of uh, impact did that type of media exposure do for your career? And oh, it's been huge. I mean, um, like I said, when we started, we were just making funny videos for fun, and I was making a living from doing corporate communication video production. And then before we knew it, we were we had some videos that went viral. They were viral videos, and we started getting calls uh, to make content for brands and. Um, now we, we still do that. We work with all sorts of really fun brands from Coca-Cola to the zoom communication to GoDaddy, 
Uh, we're working with a really cool startup that uh, it, it's not. It, you haven't heard of it yet, but you will. It's called Upside. It's a new uh, travel booking site uh, competing with you know all the others, Expedia and, and all this, specifically geared towards business professionals. And uh, we're building a whole campaign with them of sponsored content. So um, that's what we do. We we either help brands come up with uh, funny and entertaining pieces of content with their message kind of infused, or they'll sponsor whatever content we're in the middle of creating on our channel. Our goal is to get eyeballs, eyeballs on people's brands using, um, using our online comedy. And because it goes viral, that's, it's a really good value for them getting the word out about who they are. And, and obviously with brands like GoDaddy, they, uh, they became an overnight success with how clever their video was on the Super Bowl night. Yes. Yep. Yep. So They're, if you uh, they were if you want to learn more about if you want to learn more about Trip Crosby, you should go to tripcrosby.com. And if you'd like to book him, uh, he has a spot on his website that you can book him for speaking engagements. You can even book him to host an event and even create original content. Did I sum that up pretty good? Yeah. Thank you. You did. Um, you did. Uh, well, re- I love doing corporate events. It's one of my favorite things. Well, the reason I did that is because we had talked earlier um, about how many drops of energy you'd save for the show, and I would like every <laughs> single little speck of a drop to be focused on Good. the entertainment and humor, and I don't want you to have to reference anything that is like more reference-oriented. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So, <laughs> you're very welcome. I'm... I'm, I'm <laughs> I have a few drops left. So like I said, I've been saving them up for this show and uh, I want you to get all of the best of me. Well, I, and I do want to keep my word that we had talked about that you save at least one drop or part of the second drop for your son. Yeah. And is, I, I'm, like I said, I've never measured energy in drops before. It was the first thing that came to mind. So um, that could be a lot more than I even think. One drop might be, who knows how much energy that is. Yeah, there's no way to tell, and we never did even qualify it or quantify it at the beginning no. of the show. So for those of you who are curious, this will not be an answered question probably in the show. In fact, I think we're going to need a lot more drops to actually do the amount of research that would be needed to find out how much energy is in a, this drop that we're talking about. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, we're going to have to, <laughs> we're gonna have to figure that out so that we don't sound like we don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> So, uh, what are some of the, uh, the favorite events you've had an opportunity to work with? Uh, well, LeaderCast is one of my favorites. Um, I, I look forward to that every year, and I, I work really closely with their programming team behind the scenes throughout the year, getting ready for that event. Um, one of my favorite events is uh, SHRM Conference. Well, if you're familiar with SHRM, it's, it's a big HR gathering. Um, believe it or not, having 20,000 HR employees in one room is really fun. Um, I think they save all of their fun side for this event. And uh, I love, love hosting that event. Um, you know, I do a lot of one-off events. So uh, those would be my most regular um, along with a couple of others, but usually people bring me or bring me and Tyler out as kind of a, a one-time special addition to their event, and we entertain. Well, I'd like more people to check out LeaderCast. 
What's yeah, they're, I, I was saying uh, I want more people to learn about LeaderCast and, and how valuable it is because that message that they have each year is unique, but it always has the foundation of you could be the one, you can be more powerful, you can be more abundant. Right. And, and they have the most amazing cutting-edge speakers from all different themes that are cut around the area of leadership. Yeah. And so I, right. I applaud them. For, who created LeaderCast? Uh, John Maxwell. That's what I thought, and he yeah. and he is not as active with LeaderCast. Um, no, he no. sold it to this company years ago, and he remained as a speaker. And then um, I think he'll probably come back and speak again at some point. But he's not involved. He's kind of doing his own thing now. He's got another event, I believe, that's similar but different. Do you know what the next the theme is next year, by any chance? Uh, you would ask me that. I do know. Well, there was two reasons why. One, I was curious. And yeah. The second one is I thought you might count that as a check for, wow, great question. <laughs> well, no, I'm not going to give you that because now you've asked me a question that I should know the answer to and I don't, and that's embarrassing, Ken. All right, well, here's the deal that's good. The deal is that on the social media side of this, we have we push it out pretty hard, this, uh, this podcast, from tomorrow forward. So uh, in, in perpetuity, we will cut this part of the conversation short, but the answer will be in the attachments. So don't worry about that. And I just want to help support LeaderCast because I think that's the most important message and event that's out there. I, I go to hundreds of events a year, and I can't think of a topic that's more important than leadership. So I, I think it's cool that I met you there, finally, after five or six yeah. years of actually watching you on you know, the, the simulcast uh, screens. And yeah, that you, thank you were, uh, you're, you're the only person that's ever Facebook messaged me at the event and was like, hey, <laughs> can you come meet me by the stage? And I'm like, well, this is weird, but sure. And I did, and here we are. Well, I only had so much access that I was really, <laughs> bless you, and I was so determined that I was going to get you in my next Key Smiling book because you were really the, the perfect type of character that needs oh, to be in the book. Some, someone that inspires happiness and someone that actually has a book that just shows have fun. You know, if you have all this great material, write it down. It's going gonna, it's gonna to make someone else's day. It's going to make someone else happy. And plus, you learn all this stuff. I mean, if you wouldn't mind, can you tell people about how they should conduct themselves in a public restroom? Because I think a lot of people are probably waiting to hear that. Uh, let's see. If you're in a public restroom, first of all, you should always wash your hands when there's someone there to witness. Otherwise, it doesn't matter. You can do whatever you want. Um, you know, there's a certain urinal etiquette I feel like people should be aware of. If there's more than two and there's two empty, you don't, you don't use the one next to the guy that's already using one. That should be obvious to everyone. Yeah. Um, those, are the main, those are the main rules that I, I feel like apply to most people, well, most men, I should say. I don't know. Some females might use urinals. Well, I, this I is... I don't know why or how exactly, but... <laughs> well, this is not stuff you should know about stuff, but this is just some weird stuff. Like, I find it interesting when you go into the bathroom and your hands are not clean and you decide you're going to use them to assist in using the bathroom. And so I think it's a great idea to clean your hands before you do that business. That way, everything is staying as clean as possible. Well, you know, they say that the most germ-infested part of your body is your hands. Of course. And the cleanest, the cleanest parts of your body are the ones that are covered with garments the most. So right. I say when you're leaving the restroom, 
if you're washing your hands, you're actually washing the wrong thing. <laughs> yes, and it's always great when you wash your hands and the 400 right. people before you open the handle without washing their hands and right. you I, someone open knows handle. This. Someone knows that. I think that's why they always have that one lower sink. <clears throat> yeah, okay. And, you know, there's um, on cruise ships, they have the tissues next to the door so that you can actually try and oh, right. elimi- eliminate some of these. So let's, let's actually right. go to... Let's go to some other stuff, just out there stuff okay. that might cause you to write another book. So where, uh, where do you get your material from? Do you travel and think of it? or Life. Life. I just write. We both write down stuff as it happens in real life. And we have an Evernote that's just full, like very full of joke ideas and topic ideas. Most of it's garbage, but... Um, when it comes time to actually create something, we, we usually reference that and use some of the things, some of our observations to spawn off concepts for videos or jokes for live events. Um, that's pretty much how our creative, creative process works. I mean, Well, um, I wasn't going to ask this question until 536, but let's, we're running ahead of schedule. So would, would you like to share, uh, would you like to hear, share a concept or an observation you've made that you haven't really shared with anybody that's pretty fun? Um, you know, I'm working on a bit right now about Keurig coffee makers. Um, mm-hmm. Are you familiar with the Keurig? Um, yes. It's, you know, it, it's, I, 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 it's not, it's not in, in its perfect form yet, but I just, I think a lot about them and I think about how they're, they're a great way to get a coffee made really fast, but it's also a great way to have coffee that gets cold really fast. I don't know what it yeah. is, but they're just not, it's not as hot when it comes out of there. And um, uh, they, they break easily. Um, I always have to replace Keurigs after a year or two. Um, and so I, I've, I've been trying to figure out a, a way to insert that into something we do. I'm not, like I said, I'm not there yet. It's not in joke form. But I do think about Keurigs quite often. Well, I agree with you that it's very strange how cold the coffee gets so quick and you're either compelled right. to you know nuke it about two or three times before you're done or just throw right. it down the sink and make a fresh cup because if you get them in bulk right. you're like that was just that was only like 12 cents down the drain you know let's have a i do i'm worth you know another 25 cent cup yes and and nuking it ruins the flavor you know so you're not oh, it does. microwave your coffee yeah i, I, I also that's think why coffee I, out of styrofoam cups tastes bad Oh, how good the coffee is. Yeah. Delta, Delta coffee in styrofoam cups is like you're just going to have problems later. Right. It, I agree. It wrecks your and, stomach. Uh, that, now, there's a topic that we've been working on a lot. We have a couple of new videos coming out very soon about air travel and staying in hotels. So uh, you can look forward to those videos. They're, they're, they're going to be two of our favorites. I'm, I'm convinced. Well, I got one for you that just... Fresh from yesterday, I, I wouldn't really okay. call it. I wouldn't call it humor, but I'd call it stuff. So I get on the plane okay. at six a.m. in the morning to come down to yep. Tampa, and the woman who goes right by me, she sits down across from me, and she throws up. And I've never seen that before. What? She gets on the plane, she throws up, and she's with a uh, an entourage of like five other people, meaning they could be family, they could be friends, whatever. And 
she throws up and a couple of the people that are in her entourage say, hey, can we get some water down here? And, and the stewardess uh, comes down and says, what's the problem? And she says, uh, we need to clean this up. And he says, did you just get, did you just vomit? It looks like you just vomited. And she says, yes. Um, or her friend says, yes. And he says, well, you're probably going to be taken off the plane. And She's they were saying, sick. yeah, exactly. And I, you know, this is common sense, but I had never experienced it. Right. And I fly often. And so, uh, you know, eventually they did have someone come on the plane that represented, uh, you know, the vacuum, the vacuum, uh, I, I guess, portion of Southwest. And he was, uh, right. he had his script, he had a script ready and she was escorted off and they were told, hey, we just need to check you out. If you're fine, you can get on the next flight to, to Tampa, but we're not comfortable with wow. you flying on this flight. And if you think what about it, What would they have done trips, if you'd already taken off? Just like throwing her out the hatch? No, I have, now I have seen that one too. And they and they don't throw you out the hash. What they do is they just pray you're not going to have a problem bigger than the vomit. So I, I have been uh, again one row away where I actually saw it happening. I'm seeing I'm seeing bag after bag, and the woman looked like she had cancer or something. So it was it was something to feel very sorry about. Oh. And you and you, oh. and you there were people groaning in the in the plane because they felt really bad for this person. I mean, not groaning like in, oh this is gross, but just how sad it was. And. So fortunately, we she really had a, an episode 30 minutes before landing, so it wasn't like the entire trip. But that's that's why they don't want to take off with someone that's sick, is because it's not gonna it's not gonna lead to a better situation. That's for sure. So right. I, 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 I think that was did that qualify as stuff? Oh just, yeah, that's stuff. All of it's stuff, Ken. Everything is stuff. <laughs> stuff is all things. It really is, and and it's important that you know a lot about different stuff. You know. Mm-hmm. So what would be what would be the next stuff that you would like to uh, accomplish in life? Right now, I'm trying to figure out what it means to be a great father, um, and I'm still pursuing my career dreams at the same time. And learning how to do the both of those is the that's the trick I want to master. And my well, wife is see- also very career driven, and so we're we're learning how to juggle all the things in life. And and to be honest, we're having a blast doing it. This is this is what? the most fun life has ever been for us. Well, I can see that from Facebook. You uh, you put up some of the most enjoyable um, insights of what you're doing Thank and what you. you're what you're enjoying, Thank and and I, I do Thank love you. them. I mean, that that could be a show by itself. Just the last month of what you see that's just like quirky or why is this like this? So I love the way your mind works. Was there? It seems Thank like you. your 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 life really works. Is there a time that it it didn't, and you had to overcome a lot of stuff? Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I've I've had multiple seasons where I would say, no, if I did it over, I'd do it a little differently. Um, I, I look, I was very fortunate. I had a very easy childhood. I didn't have any major trauma or um, any major hurdles in life. I think, um, you know, I think. Have you ever been well, sad? How would I answer? Have you? What's that? Have you ever ever been sad? Even one day? That's all, that's. We need to get to the bottom of this. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah yeah! I um in my late twenties, I I went through a really dark spell in life, um and and it was really when things started to kick off for Tyler and I, and um you know we're not famous by any sense of the word, but we definitely. Um, we get recognized places that we go, people who are fans of ours from our YouTube videos. And um, definitely we, we, we had a, a very large local following for a while. 
And um, I went through a weird, a weird situation where I had just moved. I didn't have a lot of close friends, but I had a lot of people that knew who I was and acted like they were my close friends. And uh, that sent me into a really weird place in life because I was really lonely and really popular at the same time. And uh, it, it, I, I, it makes me think about like actual celebrities, people that have real fame and can't go in public. Like, I, I, I got a little glimpse of that. It's no joke. Like, fame is something that we want, but what, we, what we're failing to recognize is how much friends are what we really want. I think fame just distracts us from friends because, um, you know, and, and you hear that story. You hear it from, you hear it from the A-listers. Uh, they, they, there's just watch any, you know, news infotainment special on any actor. And they're going to tell you the hardest thing about being famous is, you know, all that stuff. But for me, there was a season of life where I was really eating it up. I was really eating up having some online notoriety and, um, being kind of popular in my town. And, uh, you know, that was a dark time for me. And I was really trying to figure out myself and my career and what it even meant to have a viral video. And we were taking trips to L.A. and meeting with production companies and late night shows and all of it. Um, none of it. This was like before people really knew what to do with online content. It was all free. If you remember that just right. seven or eight years ago, all of it was free. There were no ads on YouTube videos. No one knew how to monetize it. So when we got a call to go out to L.A. and meet with some big wig producer we thought we had we thought we had like broken in like we were going to be huge and then they would sit across the room from us and just ask what should we do and we didn't know we were young and dumb and so we would just come home with less money in our pockets because we spent it flying out to LA and and um so there was just a lot of like really trying to figure myself out in my late 20s um and, and it was a darker time for me well, I can appreciate that, not from a standpoint of uh, experiencing it, but just after seeing a documentary on Daft Punk, they decided to oh, wear a mask. Good. Yeah, that was, was they're amazing. They decided yeah, that they wanted so they inspiring. wanted to see family and friends. Yes, and yeah. I, I was absolutely blown away by that documentary. Did you see it? I saw it and I loved it. And Daft Punk is one of my favorite musical acts of all time. That's my and most that's, listened to vinyl. Well, they're in, they're they're beyond brilliant. I mean, they are so they are. freaking smart. They they wrote their career like they could forecast it ten years out. And there's no group that right. owns and says and controls and and doesn't tour and commands what they want. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and they took real risks too. I mean, if you remember that tour yeah. they did in the pyramid, like there oh, was yeah. a lot of skepticism about whether it would work or whether they were spending too much money and. Um, you know, they they got a they got a good pitch and they hit a home run. Yeah, and I love that part of the, that is the best part of the documentary is that they went all in, and they were prove and they were basically proving that they knew that they had a future ahead of that, and yeah. it's the most talked about rave ever, and they they and they crushed right. it. That's just the best way to put it. So what are their what other what artists? I want to know is. So they, they live in hiding they, under these masks. Yes. Very few people know what they look like, although if you Google them, you can find out. But do their friends, in, do their friends know they're Daft Punk, or are they keeping that from them? 
Like, what, that's what I want to know. Yeah, that's that's pretty funny, Trip. Because uh, with the, with a slip up of the documentary having their face a couple times too, it's not too hard to figure out. Um, yeah, it's not too hard. I'm sure they know. <laughs> Yeah, so but that the, be the point is, most people don't. Most people haven't watched the documentary, and most people are really accepting the fact that this is their identity. So I, I think that's really cool. Right. Well, you know, there was probably one guy that, that he's like a barista down the street from them, and he was watching the documentary. He's like, "Oh my god, that's that's the guy that's in here every morning." I had no idea. You know that happened. Yeah, well, you know, another favorite part of mine in that documentary is when they, uh, when the head explodes or whatever, and you think that okay, they're finally they're done with the mask thing, and then there's just a mask under the mask, which was really, again, freaking brilliant. Yeah, I agree. So, so um, this is the time in the show where we ask for you to tell us some of your favorite comedians and maybe even their their specific joke or two that you remember, uh, just to okay. just to get a laugh. Okay. Um. My all-time favorite comedian of all time is my dad. Uh, awesome. No one knows his name, but he, he is the one who taught me how to look at life and laugh at it from a young age. And, Does he wear um, a mask? I, he doesn't wear a mask. Um, he, my dad, he's the guy that... Uh, taught me the real value of humor you know obviously it's a it's a way to make a living for me but um where i really find the most satisfaction is laughing with my friends and family in fact most of the things i say on stage aren't really the 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 things i think are the funniest um there's a real Hmm. difference in in telling jokes to an audience and like being the funny person with your friends it's it's two totally different things um Mm -hmm. so for, for me at least um you know, that's something I'm working on right now is learning how to be a little more authentic in my act and let my my true sense of humor come out. But that's hard when you're in lots of corporate environments where there's lots of constraints and you have to be politically correct and you have to be on some theme usually. And like it's 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 I don't have the, the traditional stand up comedy club background where I just kind of worked out who I was on stage for years and years. But all that to say, my dad. My dad is my comedy hero. Hmm. What's, um, what's something you remember him saying? Can you give me an idea or two? Oh, my gosh. I, uh, it's every day, Ken. I mean, it's every time I'm with him or anyone. In fact, he is one of the, he's one of the guys with my friends. So, like, he was at my bachelor party. He's at anything I can get him at. He's, he's, he's the most popular one of my friends because he's such a good time. And he's so funny. Um, golly, I can't even think of a specific. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll give you one or two of, of my dad because I, I, I think the same of my dad. Okay. I, I think okay. I appreciate your humor so much because my dad was always about um, enjoying life with humor. So he would say when we were trying to leave for vacation every you know, couple weeks in Germany to go on a, a camping trip, we wanted to get out at 6 or 7 in the morning, and we'd end up getting out at 9.30 in the morning. He'd say, okay, great. When everyone was packing the car, he says, we're off like a herd of turtles. So that was just like something you could always count on dad <laughs> saying every single. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good dad joke right there. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> and, and his other um, one was. Uh, another I, one I, of my comedy heroes is Jeff Foxworthy. Uh, you, you brought him up earlier. He, he yep. endorsed our book. Um, because he's someone that I've gotten to know personally. He, he lives nearby, and 
he's just been, uh, for a season of my life, I had considered him a mentor. Um, and, and oddly enough, more so in the area of being a husband and a father and, and a, just a, a good person who invests in the community because that's the kind of guy he is. And so uh, I'm really grateful to have kind of gotten a little bit of behind the scenes on his life because, I mean, at one point he was one of the, the top, I mean, he still is the best-selling comedian of all time. I don't know if you know that, but he sold more albums than any comedian in history. And um, he's just a normal guy. He, he has uh, two daughters and a wife and, um, he's very involved in their school and he's very involved in the community. In fact, he and I worked together for a couple of years. Every Tuesday, we went down to a homeless shelter and worked with some of the men there together. And um, I found that really inspiring to see an actual celebrity be an actual person. And I'm sure there are a lot that are like that, but that's that was my only window into the world of a celebrity. And man, I could go on, on and on with jokes of his that, that, I, I, that I love. What we'll cut to we'll cut to the game uh, show part of the show. How about that? Okay. Okay. So the game show part is that it's called rapid fire, and the game is how quick can I ask a question or Joyce got ask a question, and then okay. how quick can you get the delivery of that question? The questions are not difficult. Okay. It's just the, the real art of it is how, if you can get a question answered quickly, so we can get a lot of questions to you. So I All will right. start off by asking, uh, what is either your favorite book or your favorite two books? Favorite book or favorite two books? Yeah, because some people say the Bible. <laughs> My favorite book <laughs> is... Uh, uh, the Man Who Was Thursday by G.K. Chesterton. The Man Who Was... What? The Man Who Was Thursday by G.K. Chesterton. I'm writing that down. I mean... A, a book recommendation for you is taken seriously. Okay, Joyce, did you want to ask a question? Yeah, I have one. Uh, favorite toy for two or under? Um, favorite toy for two and under right now is, I don't know what it's called, but it's like a drawing toy where it's kind of like an Etch-A-Sketch, but you're actually using a pencil, and so the kid can draw on it and then slide the thing up and it erases it, and you can start drawing again, and the pencil's attached with a little rope, so it's always there. And uh, my son and I have a great time with that. He likes to, I like to draw stuff, and he likes to say the word of what it is. So fun. They, they should come up with a name for that uh, toy so that you don't have to take a minute to explain. I'm looking toy. it up. Good. <laughs> that, w- that was the name. Oh, that was, I know that was the name. I know yeah. that's the name. They should, they, should, they should hire you guys to come up with a brand that would actually be easier you know to say. It's right, it's right over here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you what it is. Hang on. <laughs> Go ahead with your next hey. question. Next question is uh, either where is your favorite place you've been or where you would like to go? Um, favorite place I've been is probably Turks and Caicos or Maui. Okay. Joyce? Um, favorite place I'd, place I'd like to go? I'm dying to go to Thailand. you got to go. I've got to. <laughs> okay, how about your, you were talking about giving. How about charity? Favorite charity or cause? Um, I, I'm a big fan of Charity Water. Um, I don't know if you're familiar, but they do an amazing... Mm-hmm. Uh, their, um, their marketing is so inspiring. Charity Water and um, 
Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll make that my final answer. Okay. Um, your fourth favorite movie. No, just kidding. Your, your favorite movie of all time. <laughs> favorite movie of all time is High Fidelity. High Fidelity. That is a good one. Okay, then I'm curious. What's your second? I got to ask. <laughs> second favorite movie of all time. Oh, man. This is, that's I never, that's my, lo- I always have that one locked and loaded because when someone asks me my favorite movie, I always get into a tailspin because there's so many movies that I like. Um, how, how you like Spinal Tap? just walked in. I love Spinal Tap. I love all the Christopher Guests. My favorite is probably Best in Show because I'm a dog person and I mm-hmm. love the characters in that one so much. But uh, Best in Show, um, as far as like silly comedies, I really like I like uh, Anchorman. Uh, of course, I grew up on Jim Carrey. I don't think he's very funny anymore. But uh, I love, love Jim Carrey, love Will Ferrell movies, love Christopher Guest. Right now, I'm, I'm obsessed with Mark and Jay Duplass, the Duplass brothers. They're kind of the indie film gods, and I love everything they touch. Um, yeah, I'll stop there. Awesome. Joyce? Next adventure. My next adventure is, uh, well, I'm having a daughter in a, in a yeah. couple of months, so I, I don't know how to top that. that. That is a hard one to top. My gosh, how, how could you top that? <laughs> so, so, what do you, so I guess that's going to almost go right into the answer. Uh, I, this is almost too good of a segue. What are you most proud of? I am most proud of my family, especially my wife. Uh, I really lucked out, and I, I ended up marrying someone, um, you know, for some great reasons. But then what I found out once I was married is that there were even better reasons to be married to her. She's so supportive of my career, and she's uh, um, just, we're just loving being together and raising our kids together. And uh, I'm incredibly grateful for my family and incredibly proud of them. Yeah, well, I would have to say you created that, too, so I wouldn't call it luck. You know, the old expression, the harder you work, the luckier you get. Well, you've done it. That might be true. Yeah. So, Joyce? Okay. Land, air, or sea? Uh, Sea. Yeah. I like being out on the water. Okay. This is going to be tough. Cone or cup? Cone or cup? Cone. Not tough. Oh, <laughs> Joyce, go ahead. Okay, I didn't hear the Jeff Foxworthy quote. What is it? Jeff Foxworthy quote. Oh boy, now I'm on the spot. I said I knew a bunch of them, didn't I? Uh, oh no, skip, pass. Okay, okay. okay. What's your what's your well? It is going to mine, which is your favorite quote of of anybody. My favorite quote from anyone? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Uh, you can make it up. The, the audience won't check. You can make one up. There's some awesome quote that Einstein made about how the smarter you are, the less you know. And that seems to be uh, something I go back to a lot in life. All right. Joyce, last question. I have to say the Einstein one. There's one I like that is that the, even a fish looks stupid climbing a tree. So I like that one. <laughs> so I, I lied. There is one more question. How can people follow you? Okay. 
Um, please follow me on Instagram. That's where I spend most of my time online. Uh, it's just my name, Trip Crosby, two P's and Trip, and or on Facebook. You just search for me, Trip Crosby, and follow my page. And then, of course, like I said, I have a YouTube. It's also Trip Crosby, and then Trip and Tyler. So, um, if you follow me on Instagram, like my Facebook page, subscribe to my YouTube channel, you'll know pretty much as much about my life as my own parents. Well, Trip, you have been awesome having the show. That that the time Thank went you. by so quickly, and you're a joy to the world. You're a, a, a hero for me, and I, I definitely look forward to our friendship growing. Yeah. And let Thanks, me know if Ken. there's anything I can do. You've been amplified, and God bless you for all you do. Thanks, Ken. I really appreciate your time. Thanks for having me on the show. Talk to you later. All right. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of Amplified. Be sure to join Ken Rashan again next Tuesday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now, go get your message heard.